Welcome to Healing After Baby Loss, the podcast I wish I had eight years ago when my beautiful daughter, Harper Grace, was born still. I have spent the last eight years devoted to healing, and these are the 15 things I wish I had a playbook for. My hope is that you take what serves you and leave what doesn't, but that in these words, as I share our story, you can find hope and healing and know that our nonprofit, stillmama.org, is here for you. I am your host, Doreen Korba, and this is our journey. Hello, welcome back to another episode, episode number three. And we are going to dive into talking about one of the two biggest questions that I wrestled with for a long time. This question was, why? Why? Just why? Why us? Why me? Why my little boy had to lose his sister? Why our marriage had to go through this, navigate this, survive this? Why my daughter had to die when other people seem to be having babies, no problem, no struggles? I was really in like the time in my life where everyone was having children. So why me? Like, why did my baby have to die? But other people's didn't, not that I wanted other people's to die. Right. But it's like, I couldn't understand what I did wrong. And so I want to distill this down. And if you're listening and you're an angel mommy, then Maybe you've had these similar thoughts. And if you're listening and you're a friend or family member um, supporting an angel mom and angel family, then I think this will be very valuable for you to hear kind of the most vulnerable conversations that we have with ourselves. And I'm not, I'm not pretending to speak for everyone, right? Like this is my unique journey. And if you and I were connected through friends or family, like these are the types of things that we would roll around in. So again, this is my unique perspective and the way that I have moved forward with this question. So I'm just going to give it to you straight. I learned to stop asking why. So the answer to why, and I let myself stay in the why for like a long time. I would say at least two years. I just couldn't get it out of my head. And here's some of the things that I was thinking. Why did this have to happen to me? You know, I felt like I was a good girl. Like I was a good human being. And others had said to me, like, I don't understand why there's people that don't even want to get pregnant that have babies and they have their baby and you don't have yours. And my mind never really went there. Although I think that's so super valid. My mind went to society growing up as a child had taught me, like, if you're a good girl, bad things don't happen, right? So if you conform and you do everything the right way, you won't get in trouble. Think about that from like a five, six-year-old version of you who your inner child is like, learns very quickly. Like if I don't want to get in trouble or I don't want to get a timeout or I want to please my family or teachers or whatever, like I'll be a good girl. And we learn what that, what it is to be a good girl. And I spent my whole life being a good girl. 
I mean, really, truly like trying to be a good friend, trying to be a good daughter, trying to be, you know, the best person that I could be trying to get good grades, went to a great college in college. I wanted to do psychology and decided that I really, really felt like I can make an impact in healthcare. So you know, I wanted to serve. And then I went on after college to get my master's degree in counseling so I could be a therapist. And I then went into work and I went in, I fell into marketing and then I was a good girl. And I did marketing in the mental health field because I'm, I'm mental health advocate anyway, always have been. That's why I got my master's in counseling, but I really loved like the mental health field. I just felt like I was trying to give back to society, right? Like I was a good daughter-in-law. Like I was just a good person. I look back and I'm like, I am generally a good person. I believe we all are. But also it was, it was like playing the cards, right? Like I knew how to play the game of life or so I thought. Like if I was good, then nothing bad would happen. And what's so interesting about this, and this is my own, like, these are my own thoughts, but my faith in God in Catholicism and what I was taught also compounded this belief. So, you know, I didn't realize this then, but like, if I wanted something really, really badly, like I would pray to God and then God would just make it happen. And I would hand it over to God. And I still do that. Like, right. Like I still have that relationship. Well, I took a five-year break and we're going to talk about that in one of the podcasts, but I do still have, and I, I now have that relationship back with God, but it was more like I thought God pulled the puppet strings. So not only did I feel like society taught me, if you're a good girl, then you'll, you'll be protected. Right. But then I thought that that was compounded by that, that belief that I have from Christianity, which is like, do good, like be good be of service to the world. And I will reward you for that. Meaning God would reward me for that. So now I find myself sitting in the hospital bed, holding my daughter who isn't breathing and died thinking, hoping that somehow if I just got my hands on her, that God would miraculously save her and breathe life back into her because miracles happen for those who are good guys, this is how much I believed in the power of God creating miracles. Now, do I think God has created miracles in my life? 1000%. But this time my daughter wasn't saved. And so I was very confused, (laughs) very, very, very confused to say the least, because it shook everything. It shook the core of me understanding the way that life worked. Not only what society taught me, how I was raised, but also what my faith taught me, which was a very big pillar of my life. And so I felt shook to the core. So I have been shook to the core that I do not know how to navigate life without my daughter, like no idea what I'm doing. And what I would have fallen on, which was what I knew to be true about life and what has worked for me before and what I knew to be true, like in Christianity and Catholicism, that was also shook. Like I couldn't count on that anymore because it didn't work for me, right? Like that, the miracles, like if you were good, if you do everything the right way, 
And I even can say like in this particular pregnancy, I followed every rule. Like I didn't have sushi. I didn't have lunch meat. I didn't have, I never sat in the bath that was too warm. Like every little rule I followed because it was so hard to conceive her. And then all I wanted was for her to be here. So when she died, I was like, what the F? Okay. And that was really, really, really difficult to have my understanding of the world shook at the same time as losing my daughter, because I then didn't know what to trust. I went into like, basically like hiding. Like I didn't want my husband to leave the house. I didn't want my son to leave the house. Like anything could happen now because what I did believe, which is like, no, we're, we're protected. We're loved. We're good. We're do good in the world. Like now I know that accidents happen and they happen, they can happen to us and they have happened to us. I had an intense amount of anxiety And the way anxiety showed up for me is this never ending question of like, why? And wrestling with why our family, why my son, why me? And then thinking about like, I used to believe in karma. So like, what did I do to bring this on? What in the world? And I would think about every little thing that I may have done wrong, you know, like this this little, this little inner child of mine wanted to, to be blamed, right? Like it must have been my fault. I must have done something wrong. And that's compounded with just truly the notion that like in the core of our beings as mothers, we have a protective instinct. And the number one instinct I think we have is to protect our children. And so I'm her mother. My job is to protect her. She died. It must be my fault. Even though intellectually I saw she had a true knot, I could not have cut her out of my body myself. She would have died. And so would have I, right? Like there was truly nothing I could do. And yet I did find myself looking for ways to blame myself. And I would think about, okay, well, if I believed in karma for 33 years, then what in the world did I do to bring this on? If I believed in manifestation for for 23 years, then what, how in the world did I manifest this? How did I create this? Because I do think that we are really powerful beings. I also wrestled with why our marriage, like why we had to like all the things, just all the reasons why. And I allowed, well, I didn't actually have a choice. I I was going to say I allowed myself to wrestle with it, but the truth is I didn't really allow myself to wrestle with it. I didn't know I didn't have to. And I think the wrestling with the God portion and wrestling with, did I manifest this? Like, is this something I did was an important part of my healing journey. Because it's okay to wrestle with things in life. I know that now. I just had never needed to wrestle before with life. Like I never needed to, I can't like picture myself, like life as this ball of energy and me on a wrestling mat, just like wrestling, trying to figure out why. And then thinking that if I knew why, then that would, that would alleviate the pain. So my and this is how brains work. And I teach a lot about, you know, in, in corporate, I worked in neuroscience 
um, I worked in corporate for 15 years. And then when Harper died, I, um, I, a few months later, I was let go from my job. So I felt like I was losing everything. And we're going to talk about that. But that was the biggest blessing because I'd always wanted to be an entrepreneur. I'd always wanted to go out on my own, but I did spend 15 years in corporate and I worked in neuroscience. I had my master's in psychology slash counseling. I knew a lot about the brain, but then I, after we lost Harper, I found life coaching and mindset work and business coaching. And that is really where I learned like actually how the neuropathways in our brains work. And my brain had decided that if I knew the answer, why that that would relieve the pain. And it's this elusive question, right? Like it's intangible. I, I'm not gonna know. And when I realized that I'm never, ever, ever on earth going to understand why. And understanding why doesn't relieve the pain. Like it, it, I still have to navigate the healing of this and healing of, and it's not just like healing of the traumatic day we lost her, but then like, I still have to figure out how to walk through every day of my life without my daughter. And that was something that was always on my mind. Like I don't have a playbook for this. Like, I do not know what I'm doing. I don't know anyone that's been through this. Like, I have no idea how to do this. And I've caught myself like, well, it's actually easier to wrestle with why than it is to, it like kept my mind busy. And then it, it was easier to think about that than to think about, oh my God, I have like, 50 years on earth to live without her. I don't even, cause at that point in the, or especially in the early days, I wasn't sure how I was going to get through the day, sometimes the hour. And so this wrestling gave my mind something to do. And it also felt very important for me to solve. And that's how brains are designed, right? Like our brains are designed to solve problems. That is like from the beginning of time, because in caveman days, we are just using our brains to solve problems, to stay alive. And I was not sure if I could survive this. So my brain decided that figuring out why was the thing that was, it, it made it like a survival instinct. Like I needed to figure out why so that I could survive. And if I knew why, then that would help me move forward. And I see this from a biology perspective. I see this from the way brains work. It makes so much sense eight years out. But in the midst of it, I did not know what my brain was doing. I was like, whose brain is this? Where's my happy brain? Where's the brain that is strong and confident and just can handle anything that comes her way? I was none of those things. Like I was broken. And now what I, I wish I would have known is like, yeah, our brains can hang on to elusive questions that we really don't have the answer to because it literally is in survival mode and in survival mode, it feels imperative to answer questions that we don't have the answers to. And unfortunately with the question of why we're just never going to know, we're never going to know. 
what I decided to do about a few years in is just decide for me what those answers could be. And this is when I really learned about mindset and intentional thoughts and creating what I wanted to believe was true. And I didn't believe this was why. I didn't think this was the answer to the why. I got to the place where I stopped searching for the why. And every time my brain wanted to go to the why, I would say, you know what? We're never going to, we're never going to know, but here's a couple of scenarios. And then I leaned on what I had believed to be true in my faith. So potentially, maybe Harper and I, before we came to earth, knew this was our path, right? Potentially, this is my soul's journey. And therefore, if I knew this before coming (laughs) to earth and living this human experience, then I must be strong enough and I must know that I will navigate this if I said okay to it, right? And so this is really existential, right? Like this is very based in Christianity and my belief system. So whatever your belief system, it may be very different for you. Like I do believe in heaven and I did believe in a soul's journey and I did believe in learning things in this lifetime and potentially going on to other lifetimes or having an old soul. You know, I was very open to all those things. And actually, I don't even know if that's Christian based. That's just what I believe. I believe in all kinds of things. When I started to think of that, okay, okay. All right. I found some strength there and I found it wasn't the answer because I didn't know if that was true, but it did help me realize that I could somehow survive this. And I have always known from the very beginning, like I didn't want to just survive. I wanted to thrive again. And it was for my son. It was for my husband, but also it was because when people thought of Harper, I didn't want them to think sadness, right? Like I wanted them, I wanted them to love her right? Like I wanted them to want to think about her and not be sad when she's thought of. So I wanted to honor her very short life here. So that was one thing that helped me. Now, I I just encourage you, like, if you were to have some intentional thoughts to like stop, if you're in this like never ending questioning of why, based on what you believe about the world and about life, like what could be true for you? Another thought that I had was she lived her purpose. And so I don't like it. I want her here, right? Like I want her here, but if she lived her purpose and that was her soul's journey, right? Then like, and I believe in God, then that's it. right? Like, how can I wrestle with that? Okay. If she lived her soul's purpose and I have to just heal and understand that that was very different than my brain constantly trying to figure out why in the deep hole of sadness, um, because I could understand, okay, she lived her little purpose and now, This is now part of my purpose and how will I change my life according to this? 
and you don't have to change your life according to this, right? But for me, I knew on May 15th, when she was born immediately, that the only way I was going to survive this and thrive again was to live a life of complete service moving forward, period. Amen. Done. That was like an awakening. The corporate BS that I had to, I mean, as an executive, I just had to sit in meetings and watch people's egos ping pong back and forth. And I just like had, I always say like my BS meter went to zero. I had zero patience for that. No one was helping anyone. I wanted out. And that's probably why, you know, we downsized and everyone in the US got let go, but I wanted out and that prayer was answered. So knowing that her like little soul had a purpose, my soul had a purpose. I needed to be of service. Like all of these things over time started to become things I could understand instead of just why me. And then the last one that really did help me feel some relief, I would say, is if I thought about her experience in her life. So her whole experience was lovely. (laughs) The girl ate every time she was hungry. I mean, the things I did for her, the resting, the I knew all of her favorite foods that would make her jump around or make her calm down. Like, I mean, we just had this unspoken bond, of course, because that's what, that's what we do as mothers when we're bringing children into the world. Like we know them before they arrive. And when I thought about how beautiful and supported and nurturing her little life was all the way up until the very end, like she was literally held her entire life. She had everything she needed. She experienced no pain, emotional pain, right? She, she likely experienced a bit of pain at the end. And that's one of the things I asked the doctor and the doctor did say she likely would have like passed out before she died. And so I, again, felt like a little relief in that, like, you know, you just don't ever want your child to feel any pain. So that was the last thing that helped. Like if I focused on her little life and the way that I was with her and all, all that I gave to her, I felt good about that. I I mean, I still feel really good about that. Now that doesn't take away my healing and my pain and what we have to navigate, but it does bring, I mean, it makes me happy to think of like how well cared for she was in her short time here. So those are just three of like my intentional thoughts that literally have taken me years and years to come to. So there's no rush to come to this and it's no rush to get to the end of the why. I just wanted you to know like the psychology behind the why. And if you're feeling really shook, it's likely not only because you lost your child, of course, you're going to be shook to your core. But if you're also wrestling with your faith at the same time, that is so hard. And like the way that the world operates and then you lose trust in the way that things go. It's just very disorienting. That's the way we put it in like nervous system terms. And I'm going to talk a lot about the nervous system because that's the work that I found five to six years in that changed the game for me. And now that's what I teach. That's what I coach. That's what I do because I feel like every single person on earth needs to know that this exists. And if you're interested in that work, 
I'm on Instagram at coach Corba or it's coach Corba, K-O-R-B-A.com. That's my website. I do a lot, a lot, a lot of free trainings there on the nervous system, but what, you know, just wrestling with these things is okay. Of course, understanding why the brain is doing this, understanding why it feels so hard to come up with an answer or even create like an intentional answer so that your brain could calm down a little bit, but sharing that these are some of the things that I came up with that have truly helped me. I can't wait to share more with you on the next episode. And I truly hope that this was helpful for you and that you can find even one ounce of healing in this conversation. And again, I'm going to say it every time, take what serves you, leave what doesn't run everything through your own filter from now on. All right, friends, I'll see you next week. Bye. If you found this podcast helpful, please leave us a review so that others can find this resource too. And if you would like to get involved with our organization or donate to our cause, you can visit us at www.stillmama.org. That's S-T-I-L-L-M-A-M-A.org.